Today's podcast is brought to you by Hyundai and the 2022 Tucson and Santa Fe plug-in hybrid EVs. Learn more about the wide range of electrified vehicles at HyundaiUSA.com. If you stay here and listen, your life will never be the same. right talking with t-bird is back again and season three of talking with t-bird rolls along as today we'll be talking with jason robinson from survivor samoa and here is the woman that goes out and finds the survivors that aren't so easy to find here is Teresa t-bird cooper yes <laughs> hey rob oh, hey rob Hi, T-Bird. Oh, How are gosh, you? Rob. I How's the popcorn? Doing great. The popcorn's great. I've got, oh my gosh, Rob. So I've got to tell you what I did today. And I haven't done What'd this in do? a while. To, today, you know, I used to always have to go out and, and run, g- go, go for a run before we started our podcast. Well, yeah. today I pushed it to the last. Literally, within like 30 minutes, I was out there in this, the hottest I've got this workout room that's an old chicken incubator. No air conditioning, nothing. I was I've seen so it. I've seen it. just I was just so pent up with excitement talking to Jason today that mm-hmm. oh do I just said who we were talking to. That I just yeah, had to not, get it's out not a there. And, and, Everybody knows. I already said it. Oh. They hit they hit okay, play. So, they know what they're getting into. All right, okay, good. And then Glenn was like, get in here. Well, we've got to get this stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Like, honey, you understand, baby. I have to get this. I've, I've just got all this energy about about Jason. Yeah. Jason makes you say to yourself, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> what 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 do I need to do with my life? He he has done so much and he's 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 really an amazing, an amazing guy. Forty-one. Sure. He's done more things. He's done more things than most people do in an entire lifetime, and mm-hmm. it's not over yet for him. So, he to have him on, and also he's our very, very first player from Survivor Samoa season nineteen. Yes, right there in the old school. Okay. Well, yeah, we're going to talk with Jason in uh, just a moment. Also, that we're going to talk with Jason about how he was a member of the Amazon Blue Origin uh, that he actually went into space earlier this month. And so, uh, of course, uh, we'll talk about Survivor, but uh, we're going to hear from Jason about his experience of going into space. I think a lot of people are surprised to hear that this is something that uh, Jason who uh, also has a, an amazing career uh, in real estate as well uh, that he's been up to uh, since coming off of Survivor. That's, that's all coming up here today. Now, T-Bird, you and I have been talking about uh, that we've, we've hit a milestone on talking with T-Bird, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure because we don't, I haven't uh, numbered all of the episodes, right? Uh, but 
T-Bird, is this talking with T-Bird number 50? No, no, Rob. This is not number 50. This is number, wait, Todd, hold on a minute. Timbertina was, I think Timbertina was 50. Yeah. And so Jason would be, I think, because I think, and then I think, so Jason would be, wait, do the math. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Well, 51, we should 52. commemorate this. Okay. 50 talking with T-Bird episodes. I, I feel like I owe you a present uh, for this. So that can I ask the listeners for inspiration? What should I get T-Bird for 50 episodes of talking with T-Bird? What would you like? <laughs> Uh, Rob, how do we commemorate honestly, this? Honestly, I, I, Rob, I want for nothing. I want for nothing. I mean, I just, I loved, I love doing this. Yes, and I love. I mean, this is and Rob. Oh, this is going to sound so cheesy. I have learned and been touched by so many. It's, it's like just these last three we've done for season three. You know, Todd, Timbertina, and Jason. Mm-hmm. They are such fascinating people. And I know I've said this before. Take Survivor totally out of the equation. Yeah. Oh, all three of them. Sure. And they've had such phenomenal lives. That's the and theme this season, touch, I think. Yeah. Yes. Lives that have touched. I mean, people get can get a message, several messages out of out of these three podcasts. And, of course, ones we've done earlier as well. So this that is my gift. That is yeah. my gift. So thank you for letting me do this. Okay. Thank you so well, thank, much. Thank you for uh, making these happen because, uh, you know, these are so different than, you know, the other types of podcasts that I do on the, the you know, the, the rest of the podcast feed. So these really do feel special. And uh, I appreciate so much of, uh, you know, getting to work with you on these. And, and I really loved. I haven't talked uh, even enough about how much I loved uh, the interview with Timbertina. And I feel like that I, I, I this is just my sense because I feel like I in my mind, I feel like I have not heard the amount of feedback that I feel like it should have gotten. And I feel like that maybe people said like, ah, oh, you know, first boot, I don't really remember her. And I'm telling you, that was one of the best ones we've done uh, with Timbertina last time. <laughs> You know what, Rob? As soon as we finished the podcast, and again, we've done 50-something podcasts, you said, mm-hmm. you said, that is one of my favorite ones yeah. we've done. Why would I you lie? Referenced why, that would one. I, why would I lie about you that? You wouldn't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I knew, I, knew you'd, I knew you didn't lie about it. You said it was right up there with Mad Dogs. And Mad Dogs, I know you really admire yes. Mad Dog, and you had waited years to talk to her. And you put Timbertina right up there with right Mad up Dog. There. Between with our just with us personally having a conversation, so I knew that you meant it. Matter that's, of fact, I told Timbertina what you said. That's my favorite okay survivor. Big early early boots women who are with very interesting backstories. That's my sweet spot. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay, that gives me a direction. That gives me a direction Find where to go more. from yeah. here on out. Okay. All right. So, T-Bird, hey, so Rob, uh, yes. wait a minute. Yes. Who are we missing? Okay, in the first, the, the top 20, we're going to say top 20 old school. I think there's one more season where we haven't had anybody else. Somebody did a what did is a it? printout or what a season? schedule or whatever. I don't know. Somebody did this okay. great printout thing. 
Who? Which? Which one was it? Okay. Well, I, I don't know off the top of my head, so we'll have to uh, wait. Well, okay, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All but right. We're gonna and make so, it happen. We're gonna make it happen. All right. We've got Jason coming up here in just a moment. Uh, let me just uh, thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at Hyundai, and at Hyundai, uh, they know everything is better electrified, like the guitar, toothbrushes, or cars, and Hyundai has a wide range of electrified vehicles, including the first ever Tucson and Santa Fe plug-in hybrid EVs. You can use electric when you want it or gas when you need it. And I feel like that most people are going to say they want electric uh, right now. It's your journey. Evolve it beyond the pump in the 2022 Tucson or Santa Fe plug-in hybrid EVs. Visit your nearest Hyundai dealer or learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Only available in select states. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And now, T-Bird, take it away. Today's guest has so many fascinating qualities. At the age of 41, his resume is already full of adventure, amazement, and wonder, causing the normal person to ask, what next? How much higher can he possibly go? Oh, but he will. He was cast on Survivor Samoa season 19 at the age of 28. When asked why he thought he was cast, he said, quote, my all around ability to get things done, end quote. I say there was much more to it than that. The law student from Chicago was already well above his years in maturity and logic. Probst said he was, quote, the social conscience of the tribe a full, bright scholar who stands up for what he believes in, end quote. He credits his parents for instilling the importance of education and giving back. He was helping with the family real estate business by age 11. He had a congressional nomination to attend the Air Force and Naval Academy, but at the strong urging of his dad, he would attend Stanford and earn his bachelor's degree and a JD from University of Chicago. He is an Eagle Scout and played water polo at Stanford and was on the United States National Water Polo Team. He's an avid scuba diver and skydiver who spent a week hiking in Antarctica. He climbed the highest waterfall in Venezuela. This competitive, loyal, focused young man would be a perfect fit for Survivor. He would make it to day 37, a member of the infamous Foa Foa tribe, but trusting his number one alliance from day two would prove his undoing. He has said that he was only one day away from winning. His biggest regret was, quote, not getting out of the team mode and never being able to say me, myself, and I, end quote. Since Survivor, his accomplishments have been many. He founded JJM Investments, a commercial real estate company. He and his wife, Jamie, share a beautiful child together and co-founded Dream Variations Ventures, which invests in technology and sports startups. He was named Mr. California by Cosmopolitan Magazine, plays piano, cello, actor, producer, philanthropist who recently established a scholarship fund for undergraduate students at Stanford pursuing a major in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math with a special preference to African and African-American students. One of the scholarships named after his mentor, his father, Dr. Jim C. Robinson. I mentioned how much 
higher could he possibly go? Well, on June 4th of this month, he fulfilled a lifelong dream of his passion for anything space-related and traveled aboard Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin's fifth crewed space flight. I believe he is well on his way to fulfilling his dream of one day seeing a sunrise and sunset every 90 minutes from orbit. RHAP, I introduce to you the guy who makes Forrest Gump look like an underachiever (laughs) and... To the mantra I actually believe he lives by, good always wins, Jason Robinson. <laughs> wow. Wow. Jason, <laughs> what, what an introduction. I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. That's, uh, wow. Well, Jason, wow. Jason. Can, can I hire you? Can you uh, go everywhere I go, please? <laughs> Jason, Jason, don't even say it unless you mean it, because everywhere you go is so exciting. Yes. I will take that. I will take that position. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, I'm really going to have to think about that because yeah. that was extraordinary. Jason, uh, so nice to have you here. And uh, so close to uh, when you uh, just got back from uh, the big mission uh, into space. Uh, I, I guess uh, I'm sure on, that's the first question on everybody's <laughs> mind. Uh, how, how was the experience? You know, it's... Um, you know, I, I thought a lot about how to answer that question before and after the flight. We, you know, what would I say? Um, and uh, I just, I, the question for for what the flight was, uh, the question just just feels uh, simple. Um, and I, I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I just mean that it's just so complex. Mm-hmm. The emotions, the feelings, the actual physical act of doing it. Um, so how was it? It was exhilarating. It was amazing. It was a lifelong dream come true. It's the only thing I've ever wanted to do in my entire life, um, that somehow became reality. Uh, so it's the realization of, you know, cause I, I really feel like I wanted to go to space since I was born 41 years of, of effort of dreaming. Um, it's also kind of a multi-generational thing in that my, you know, my father is from 1943, Mississippi, my mother from 1946, Georgia. They use education to climb uh, the economic ladder and give their kids a um, future uh, that was better than theirs. Uh, and so I'm not here without without their efforts, without their work. Um, you know, somebody sent me a Wikipedia the other day of, of African-American astronauts. And, and um, when I was young, my, my parents took us to see, to meet uh, Mae Jameson, the first female African-American astronaut. And... I just never in my life believed that I would be on the same list with her. Um, and so there's just all of this, um, all of this emotion, all of this feeling, all of this, uh, um, all of this just for lack of a better word, just stuff that goes into, into answering that. So it was, it was, it was, it was tremendous. Um, the team at Blue Origin is fantastic, and I have to send a sincere, a most sincere thank you to, to Blue Origin and their founder for um, uh, doing the work of advancing uh, space travel, literally, um, exponentially since, you know, since uh, Alan Shepard made his first flight as the first American into space. So the, the rocket is named New Shepard uh, after Alan Shepard, who's the first American to do a suborbital flight. And we follow his, uh, I don't want to say flight plan, but we, we did essentially what he did. Um, we made it to 356,000 feet. We went uh, Mach three and a half. 
uh, on the way down, Mach 3 on the way up, which is faster than the SR-71 flies. Uh, 3.5 Gs up, 5.5 Gs down. Um, it, it, and it's just uh, when that light turns from sunshine in the desert to darkness, because you're in the upper atmosphere, um, to a moment where you look out the window and you realize that you are above the planet. And you're just looking at the darkest dark you've ever seen. Um, and you're not actually high enough to see the stars. So it really is just black. Uh, and you look down and you see not just the curvature of the Earth, because I've seen the curvature of the Earth before uh, when I broke the sound barrier in a, in a MiG-29 fighter jet um, maybe five years ago. Uh, this, is, this is literally looking down at the planet. And you see that, uh, that glow, that hue from the pictures and the videos of the atmosphere over the planet. Um, and the capsule rotates 360 degrees, so no one is in the sun uh, the entire time, and no one gets the best view the entire time. Uh, and it, it just it just dawns on you in a moment you're in space. Um, you're in space, <laughs> and uh, and the light turns off for the harness, and you you try to take your harness off, and you you do take your harness off, and you take a group picture, and and there are just all of these various things that you're trying to get into a 10 minute flight. Uh, and if I, if there's one thing I could do differently, it, it would probably be to just not even get out of my seat next time. Just, just stare out the window. Uh, I think everyone the first time says that they just didn't stare out the window enough. Uh, but you feel real zero gravity. I've done the zero gravity flights in the 747 where they go up and they do the parabolas and you get a few seconds of, uh, of weightlessness, um, that way. And this is, this is just completely different. Uh, it feels different. It's almost like swimming. You know, I played water polo, yeah. so I really did feel like I was in my element uh, in zero G. Um, and you, you, you know, the light harness comes back on for the light, and the and the warning light comes on, saying you need to get back in your seat. And one of the things that I am very grateful for as well on the flight is uh, every one of my crew members was super professional, and they took it very seriously. They took the the safety very seriously. Uh, because if you're going five and a half G's, three and a half, you know, Mach three and a half all the way down, you, you want to be in your seat with your harness on. Uh, so no, no one tried to get a few extra seconds or a couple extra minutes or anything like that. Everyone went back to their seat, got in, strapped in, uh, and you're on your way down and it goes from dark to light. And I just remember having this sense and this feeling of that just wasn't enough. It, it was too short. I have to, I have to go further. I have to go higher. Uh, so I, I definitely want to, to, to find that low earth orbit, uh, mission and, and make that, uh, the new dream. Uh, but you know, the parachutes deploy, everything was super safe. Honestly, the rocket, uh, aside from the G forces really felt almost like you were flying from Tokyo to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that I, it was going to be more of a, a violent trip, more, more volatility in it. And it just really, it really wasn't, it was smooth. It was very, very smooth. And the parachutes come out, and your capsule lands, and uh, with a thud, but not anything again. That crazy. It was a, it was a, it was a pleasant ride. And you get out of the capsule, and the Rivian showed up, and your your plus one comes out, and there's a lot of cheering and and some crying, and everyone's hugging and kissing, and it's it's just uh, it was miraculous. It was amazing. And another part of it is, I thought when people ask me uh, about going on this trip. I thought to myself, oh, they've been doing this for a long time, right? I'm NS21, uh, which is New Shepard 21. So they've done 21 flights, but only five of those have actually been crewed. And the first crewed flight was last July, not even a year ago. 
So, you know, in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking I'm not doing anything vaguely experimental, but in reality, you know, we're, we're one of the first, I think, 40 uh, space tourists, and this hasn't been going on for very long. And that kind of settles into you too, the, the history of it, um, the magnitude of the fact that uh, I think my official number now is the 623rd person to go to space, um, the 19th Af- African-American person to go to space. Uh, the history, the magnitude of the history of that, knowing that uh, so many people have walked the planet and, and, and only that handful of people, less than a thousand, have had that experience is, is, really, um, is, is really something else. It's somewhat overwhelming. It really is. Jason, I know it's only been you know, a few weeks ago, but has your perspective on life changed from your recent space travel? Yeah, you know, they call it the, the overview effect. And, you know, I'm a big Carl Sagan fan, Pale Blue Dot and all that, um, you know, picture that little, that little dot suspended in a sunbeam against that infinite darkness. And on that planet is, is all that we know, all that we ever knew, uh, you know, every democracy, every dictator, you know, all of that. Um, and, you, and you hear astronauts come back and say that, that they are fundamentally changed forever. And I think that's true. I think for me, it's different. I, I've, all, I've always felt uh, as though the world was big. You know, I just look out at the ocean and I, and I feel small. Um, but I think for me, the combination of accomplishing the only thing that I've ever really wanted to do in my life uh, with the, the really just extraordinary feeling of looking down on the planet and looking out into space um, put me in a place where I, I, I'm ready for a life pivot. So more, so less of like an existential moment of, of a feeling of your soul and all of that. And more of a, of a feeling of, you know, I can do more than I'm doing. And I don't mean that professionally. I, I mean that like as a father, as a, as a husband, um, as a son, as a, as a member of the community, there was a, there's a moment where they take you uh, in the Rivians to the uh, booster because it, it's a self, uh, it lands itself. And you're standing in front of the booster. And my wife came up with our almost two-year-old and she put him down. And someone has a video of this and, and he's running towards me. And I'm standing there at the booster. And I, and I picked him up and I looked at him and I said, what, what a moment. From 1943 Mississippi and 1946 Georgia to standing in front of a rocket um, with my son. And I just thought, I, I really hope that your, your dreams are bigger than mine. And I, and I hope that you have the strength to make those dreams come true. And I need to be the sort of person, the sort of father that um, supports you in that. And, and you know, we're, we're, I think we're on the cusp of kind of a generational change where support is different. Uh, you know, my father was uh, a bit of a taskmaster, and my, my mother was too. They believe very seriously in discipline and hard work. Um, and so I think that's why I'm where I am. And my sister is MD, PhD, infectious disease researcher at Stanford, just, just uh, added to the faculty there. Um, but I, I think there's another way to do it. And I, I think my son can, can have those dreams. And I think he can have that discipline and that hard work ethic uh, without, without as much of the uh, pain. So, you know, I, I, in that moment, I, I just felt this overwhelming responsibility to this child. And I already felt an overwhelming responsibility to that child um, and to my, to my wife and to my peers 
Um, and so in that way, I think, I think it's changed me. I think it's changed me. Jason, this is a very uh, exclusive club that you're now a part of uh, going into space. Uh, how did you become a part of this mission uh, to go up with Blue Origin? So there, there are um, you know things I can say and things I can't say okay. uh, about the mission. I know how that goes, and, Jason. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, and I think I think that might be one of the things that I that I can't really divulge. Mm-hmm. Um, but we uh, you know managed to make it work, and um, I feel very privileged to have been on the fifth flight. Um, and I, I think I just have to leave it there. I'm sorry. Okay. Jason, I remember seeing the emotions from William Shatner when the rocket had touched down. I would imagine you saw that as well. And I'll just remember, he was just so full of emotion. Did you see that? And do you feel like you felt that same type of emotion? Uh, yeah, I did see it. Um you know, William Shatter is 95 years old and he was Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. So I think for him, this was, this was, uh, what a way to, to cap off a career and a life and, and all of that. Uh, so I think there was, there was a lot going on with him that might not have been going on with me. I did feel a lot of emotion, but I felt a lot of motivation as well. Uh, I didn't, I didn't cry. There was no, the tears for me. And when I started to feel that kind of emotion came, when, it, when we were debriefed the next day and it was time to get in the car and go to the airport and leave because you, you at least I, had, had bonded with these people, this Blue Origin team. Capcom came over and, and she was crying and I was near tears and our safety uh, expert who had trained us, who was an ex-Navy uh, test pilot, came over and he was emotional and, and um, you know, they put so much of their blood, sweat and tears into those into those flights and, and safety and, and all of that. And we come along and we, we put our, our, our dreams, our bodies and everything else uh, out there for the, for the capsule. And I, and I just feel like you, you really form this connection with people. Uh, and so that's when I felt that kind of emotion. Um, uh, but, but I can't, you know, I, don't, I can't speak to what William Shatner was really feeling, but I, I can totally understand the outward uh, showing of emotion. Jason, does it get old people asking you about the, the mission at this point? I'm sure it's been nonstop since you've gotten back. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird because I don't think it's really settled in yet for me. And I also think I, I approach life in a, in kind of a weird way that maybe most other people don't. So I kind of see it as something that I've done in, in the past. And it's time to move on and, and do other things and build things. And I want to go back. So hopefully I'll do one more suborbital flight before I get serious about trying to pursue an orbital flight. Um, but I just became really focused on what else was in front of me. Uh, you know, it, it's a, the pandemic's been kind of difficult for everybody. And it wasn't easy for us. By any stretch of the imagination, my wife and I got married during the pandemic. We had our first child in 2020 during the pandemic. We happened to be in San Francisco in a small condo uh, with the wildfires and all that, a newborn. So it's just six Dysons running and all the windows closed. Uh, she just graduated from Harvard Kennedy School. So we then picked up and moved with our child across the country while we were trying to remodel a house on the West Coast. Uh, 
So we haven't had a lot of time to settle in and think about a lot of things. And we were just kind of the sort of people that just move on to the next challenge that's in front of us. So when people come up and they say, oh, did you go up yet? Or how was it? I have to, I have to kind of take a step back and, and go back to that place and remember what it was uh, to be able to, to, to talk about it. So it's, um, I don't know. Yeah. Like people definitely are interested, <laughs> but it's not like, I'll be honest. It's not, it wasn't like survivor. I mean, survivor everywhere you went after that season aired, it was like, yeah, oh, you're Jason Robinson from Samoa and everybody's just really in your face. Uh, people who knew about it uh, would ask you questions about it, but it wasn't the same level of uh, you know, whatever comes along with Jason. So, so Jason, I'm really interested in this question, and then I know we can we can move to another subject, certainly. But um, exoplanets have been discovered that may contain life. So, do you think we're alone? Oh boy, you put me on the spot, huh? Um. Let me ask the question first. I'm answering your questions. Uh, am, am I giving you complete answers? Because I feel as though I'm, I'm moving. I'm just jumping around. You're doing great, to- Jason. All right, all right. This is not uh, tribal council. Yeah. Right. You know, I just, <laughs> I did go to law school. So I, mm-hmm. I need to make a point at the end of the statement. But let's say, so yes, I mean, I think, I think that um, the science even would tell you that somewhere in the universe that there is life. And it would be highly unlikely that there isn't intelligent life somewhere in the universe. We now know that exoplanets are plentiful. We know that they exist within the Goldilocks zone, uh, which is what we call that uh, Earth-like orbit, where you're just far enough away from the sun that you're not burning up, but you're also not too far away that you're ice cold. Um, We know that uh, water is out there. We know that uh, there are other planets out there that, that haven't atmosphere that is rather similar to ours and we know now here on this planet that there are these organisms called extremophiles that can live in environments that we would think are totally inhospitable to life so i think it's it's either naive or arrogant to believe that there is no other life out there somewhere in the universe and i think that um um i'm hopeful let's put it that way that within um, with, within our lifetime, we're going to have definitive proof. I'm hopeful. T-Bird, do you uh, have doubts if there is intelligent life out there in the universe? Uh, and, and some would argue if, uh, if we would qualify. Uh, but but out, outside of the planet <laughs> Earth, T-Bird? Well, Rob, Glenn is so fascinated with all this. So I listened to him and he watches all this stuff. So, you know, I thought, what a great question for Jason. So, yeah, I, think, I, don't, I, think, I don't. I think if you're a space, if you're a space enthusiast, this is the question that that dominates your your waking hours, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I work in real estate and we made some other investments, but space is what I'm obsessed with. And part of the reason why I'm obsessed with it is if there is intelligent life out there. How do they structure their societies? What are their needs? What are their wants? What are their desires? What is, what's their level of rationality? Um, you know, how even physically are they, are they formed? Do they have genders? Do they have uh, races? You know, it's, it's a, there's just a lot of questions that, that uh, come from that one question of, is there life out there in the universe? 
And um, I, I watch a lot of sci-fi. And so you see the various ways in which authors and directors and writers deal with these issues as it re- relates to, um, uh, you know, however you want to call them, extraterrestrials or extraterrestrial biological entities, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we know that any of that's right? Maybe there's just a completely different radical way to organize yourselves that, that, that creates more progress, greater, um, uh, I don't want to say empathy, but you know, a, a world or a species that has a greater ability to take care of all of its own, as opposed to having these various levels of hierarchy, whether it is in a capitalistic system with money or a communist system in terms of just political power. Um, I, that just fascinates me. And, and I want to know. I want to know. I need to know. I'm hopeful we will. Jason, I had uh, gone to look you up on social media before we did the call. And I noticed uh, that your Instagram name is uh, not your name, but something that references Star Trek. And I had no idea that you were such a big fan of Star Trek. Is, is that your favorite of all of the sci-fi that's out there? Absolutely. S-T-T-N-G, The Next Generation, Picard, you know, um, that's the greatest television show in the history of the world, in my opinion. I I grew up with it. I set my watch to 7 p.m. every Thursday because that was when it was coming on. The new episodes were coming on. I cried at the series finale. Um, You know, I people ask me why I'm so obsessed with Star Trek. Yeah. And it is the only positive view of the future that we have in science fiction. And I've challenged people to find something else. And maybe there is something else out there. Um, but in Star Trek, it's not a rebel alliance against an evil empire. We're not in some dystopian nightmare that we created for ourselves. We are a united federation of planets. We have conquered hunger. We uh, aren't out to start wars or, or conquer other planets. We, it's to go where no man has gone before. It's about scientific exploration. It's about meeting new cultures, new people, and living uh, harmoniously with them. It's the first interracial kiss on television. It's the first uh, black person, I think, but, but certainly black woman in a command position in Lieutenant Uhura. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's the original, not yeah. the next generation, but I love the next, but I love the next generation. Um, and so it, it really kept my spirits high when I was growing up and, and trying to figure out how to navigate this thing called life yeah. and made me believe that there was a future, not just that just included me, but one that, that really would allow me to be more than I ever thought I could be. And at 41 years old, you know, your intro is, is super humbling to you, because I, I just, I never really go through <laughs> the list and, and my father could never have done that from 1943. And so, you know, one of the things I took up in the, in the bag was it was an American flag. And, uh, you know, I have a, I have a great picture of it that I love of me outside the capsule holding it, uh, once we landed. And the reason for that is I, I really believe in this country and I really do love this country. And I think this is the only country in the world in which my story, uh, could be possible where a father who, Grew up in 1943, Mississippi. In 1946, my mother in 1946, Georgia, uh, could go to a Cal State Long Beach and get a BA and a master's, and then and then find his way to Stanford for a master's and a PhD, and be on the state board of education, and like teach his kids, um, um, uh, you know, the the skills in terms of thinking that would be necessary 
to put them in a position to do the things that they've done and then have society say, okay, that's okay. Like, you know, go do it. I, I don't think you can do that anywhere. I don't, I don't care if it's Europe, France, England, UK, whatever. Uh, I think this is the only country in the world where there is this much opportunity for someone like me. And I want to remember that. And I, and I want to continue to do the work that's necessary to make this country, um, first, to keep this country where it is in terms of its, its position in the world and its level of opportunity. And then also to, to, to foster progress, to move it forward. I think that's, I think that's really important. Sorry, again, I digress but from the original question, but that's, uh, that's where I ended so, Jason, and Rob mentioned your love for Star Trek, and I actually um, had read what you did for your Survivor audition video, carefully thought out. You wanted to show them three sides, your athletic side, which was your water polo, your intelligence side was your law school, and your dorky side were your Star Trek references. So, it worked. Did I say that, or did you find that someplace? Did they say that, or did I say that? Um, I found that you had said that you had said that to somebody when they had asked you what you did for your audition video. And you said you wanted them to see <laughs> the three sides of you, the athletic, the intelligent and the dorky. Well, so that's young. what you had put in your. I was young. Yeah. yeah. T-Bird, now you've, oh, offend, you've offended Jason. Jason. No, I'm not offended. Jason. I just, I just, I just oh laugh. my gosh. I laugh, I laugh at these quotes because I, I, I listen to them. I'm like, yeah, that's something I would say. But man, I was young. I don't think I would say that say that today. But oh my, <laughs> uh, J- Jason, you say you were young. I mean, yes, you were twenty eight, but you were well above your years in maturity. I mean, just the way jumping into Survivor and the Tribal Council with Ben, and the stuff that you were saying. You and Ben, by the way, Rob, were the exact same age, twenty eight years old, and the maturity of Jason talking about how. Uh, ben should have some sensitivity to history. Um, it was beautiful. And this 28-year-old kid, I mean, you were standing up for what you believed in, Jason, no matter what, knowing that it could affect your game. But that didn't that didn't matter to you. Well, so could, you were well above your years. Could, could we back up a little bit, T-Bird, just because that uh, I, I feel like that not everybody, uh, you know, ha- remembers everything that happened on the, the show from uh, back in what was that? 2009. It was right before I started this podcast, uh, Survivor Samoa. But Jason, uh, yeah, you you got dealt uh, a lot of tough hands on the show and including, uh, you know, uh, some tribe mates uh and that a lot has you know especially in the last couple of years a lot of people have looked back at you know what uh you know you were dealing with with ben and the comments uh that i you know and, and i have no idea what it was like to live with that guy day in and day out but specifically uh the comments that he was making about uh yasmine in that season that you you know very publicly uh, called him out for uh, memorably uh, in tribal council. You know, it's it's so weird because I I had never done reality TV before, and so you don't I don't think you get a sense of the size of the audience of a show like this until mm-hmm. it's done, uh, and so it doesn't feel as though it's public. It it just it just like 
I don't, I don't know how to explain. Uh, and I've actually, this is interesting because I've, I've actually never talked about this, um, you know, in a public setting, you know, with recordings and all that. But um, I didn't really understand what was going on fully until the show aired and they showed people's reactions in my tribe to what I was saying, and what I was trying to do. Um, and I want to say first, I, I don't think that Ben is a, I mean, I don't know him, so maybe he is, but I don't think, mm. I don't think he's a, I don't, from what I knew of him on the show, and I only had those days with him, but I didn't think of him as this terrible person. I, I, um, I do think he's a smart guy. He was the son of an orthopedic surgeon. He, uh, clearly understood how to quote unquote survive, uh, there on the Island. And Yasmin, um, wasn't perfect either. She was saying some things that I, that I don't agree with, uh, as it relates to, uh, you know, the LGBTQ community. And it, it was just a, it was a really tough situation with cameras. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know how to explain it really, except to say that in that moment, I just couldn't be a part of what was going on. And she was going back to her tribe and he was going to stay with us. And I just, I just, I had to think about what I wanted this experience to be. And it wasn't one in which I wanted to, I don't even want to use the word tolerate. I, I just didn't feel as though that was what our FOA FOA group was or what we should be. Um, and he was out to hurt. It wasn't, it wasn't even like, I, I think I said this in the tribal council too, because he said it wouldn't be racist if I said those things to, um, you know, one of the, one of the white uh, participants. And I, and I said, no, because you would have found something about them that they were insecure about. It was purely about trying to drive enough pain and division to be able to control. And I just, that just wasn't, that just wasn't where we needed to be. So, you know, I hope, I hope Ben's, I hope Ben's doing well. I don't, I don't, I don't hate the guy by any stretch of the imagination and I don't know him at all. And I think it's super difficult. I don't think anybody really understands what it's like until it happens to you that someone's sticking a camera in your face. 24 hours a day and following you around while you use the bathroom and, and try to eat food and, and you're all unsanitary and uh, you might lose your mind. So I don't want to, I don't want to give him some sort of crazy label, but I, I, it just wasn't something that I could, that I could be a part of. Now, Jason, um, I, I take it that uh, you don't follow the show uh, super closely uh, to, to this day, correct? No. Yeah. No. No, no. No. A lot of people don't. Uh, so I just wanted to uh, connect it with uh, this last season of Survivor because, um, spoiler alert for Survivor forty two, if you can believe uh, that's how far we are right now uh, with Survivor. Um, I had the chance to interview the winner of Survivor uh, this past season, and she actually cited. Um, what was something about your game, uh, in my, uh, five and a half hour interview, uh, with, uh, Marianne and she talked uh, a lot about how, um, what, what happened with you and how you played was actually something, uh, that was very much on her mind 
heading into Survivor. And I have a clip from uh, that conversation I, I want to play for you. Or one of the most powerful things that I've ever seen, ever. And like, I have so much respect for him is um, from Survivor Samoa when Jason was talking about when, um, what, what's the name? When Ben was saying those things about Yasmin yes. and how Jason's like, if you do not vote him out, I will quit. This is what, like, this is an issue. No one should be treated that way. I'm going to quit this game. It's like, I have so much respect because I don't know if I have the mental fortitude to do that. And it's like, to know that like I could go and like stand and like have that discussion with the tribe. Cause I remember, like, like I said also that my biggest fear in the game was that I would see something that's an injustice for me and I'd move on out of fear. Yeah. And I was like, and it's like, when you go and you talk about race, it's like, you know, that you're going to get negativity. And then also, you know, that when you, you don't know how your tribe mates will go and reflect upon it. And then also it's like, there's so many other ways as well too, where it's like, I had the ability to like, Drea was shut down in that conversation, but because it's a heavy conversation, but she had me as an ally to go and like also as a black woman to go and discuss and talk and we could talk and bounce together. Right. And uh, she goes on to talk about a, a particular uh, moment that happened in Survivor 42. But um, Jason, uh, that uh, how does it feel to know that? Wow. Yeah, that there are still p- uh, people today who are looking back at what happened and, and, and the stand that, that you made. You know, it's, um, I, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, thank you for defending that black woman. And, and, uh, I'm very, I'm very happy that I did. Uh, and, and when I think about it, I, I probably was more aggressive uh, because it was a black woman than somebody else. And I think that's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Like I, I like we, we need to stand up for black women, but I also just probably stood up a bit stronger for Marissa who got voted out first. And I really do think that she got voted out first because she was a very opinionated woman. And I think people just saw that as a threat and were ready to, to move on. Um, I, I am, I don't, I don't know what the, again, I guess I'm just bad with feelings, but I, I just, I feel like there's just a lot of work to do. And so I'm happy that someone saw that and was able to, to use it, uh, in a, in a very positive way. I, for my guest list for the space flight, I invited uh, the first black woman, uh, to sit, to have a board seat on the CME, this Chicago mercantile exchange. And she's a very good friend of mine. And I invited my cousin. Uh, um, who was recently appointed to the uh, Black Leadership Council by Governor Whitmer in Michigan and was invited to speak virtually at the climate change conference uh, by the EPA administrator. Uh, and now is, it, it is, is now enrolled at Columbia Law School. And of course, my sister, who's an MD, PhD at Stanford, and a couple of other people who, for me, I wanted them to see... Um, something really extraordinary. I mean, it was a rocket ship that left the planet and I, and I wanted them to see it because I wanted them to know what was possible. I wanted my 20 something year old cousin to understand that what he's done already is super impressive, but it's not enough. We have, we have so much further to go. I wanted my, uh, and, and the woman that I'm talking about on the CME, she gave it, she gave a speech afterwards. We were just sitting around the table at the astronaut village, which is this quaint little place with uh, these airstreams and, 
And she just started crying. She said, I have heard you talk about space for 20 years. And everyone told you you were stupid and ridiculous. There's no way you'll ever get off this planet. Like what? Like NASA will take you. And here you are having done it. You're on the same list because everybody else has gone to space now. And um, I didn't realize then the effect that I didn't realize beforehand the effect that um, me going to space would have on people generally. And I talked to people afterwards and, and friends of friends were crying when they saw me fly. I don't even know them. I never met them. Uh, people's kids were going to school and saying, my neighbor went to space. And the teacher's like, no, honey, you're mistaken. And the parent has to come in and say, no, 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 here it is right here. You want to see it? There's a video. Uh, and I, I think of this in the same way as that, which is I didn't really understand in the moment that I was doing anything more than um, trying to just, you know, yes, I needed to defend Yasmin. Yes, like I, racism is super bad, but really I was, I just, I just couldn't be, I just couldn't sit there and, and just listen to all of this. I just, I just couldn't sit there and hear it and feel it. Um, and so what I did was not out of some larger macro political, whatever, where I hope people would be inspired by it and neither was space. And somehow these things became things, uh, that people have heard and seen and, um, and for good, uh, people like her saw it as good. And I also know when survivors playing in which country, because I get death threats from that country. Uh, via social media, right? So there's a lot of people who really didn't like it either. Um, so how do I feel about it? I feel as though um, I'm happy that people have been able to take something from my experiences and, and my actions and my behavior. Uh, I also want to say that I am not a perfect human being by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sure that I have behaved quite poorly um, in certain circumstances and said things that I very much regret. And maybe they just weren't caught on camera, Right. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm Gandhi or Martin Luther King or, or you know, any of these people. Um, I just I just do the best I can. I just do the best I can. Uh, to me, one of the things that's interesting about that moment, though, the, the fact that you were willing to walk away from the game, that you, that you were, and in, in talking to you, um, you know, it, it's very clear that, you know, uh, you are a, a person of, of principles and, and, and you, you, you know, talked about that and, and, you know, sort of like, uh, you know, in the, the way you, uh, seem to look at the world. And I, I think that nobody else had really ever looked at survivor. I, I don't think that we really, you know, even like at that moment thought about it in this way. But I, I think that, you know, Survivor, I think at its in the beginning, it's sort of like, hey, no holds barred. Anything anything goes out here on Survivor. That was like part of the appeal. And it, now in 2022, I mean, there's a, a, a lot of examination of like, well, what do, what do we want? You know, what do we want this to be? It's not a show about, you know, anything goes and and, and no holds barred. And I think that there are many people who would say, "Hey, that I I don't, do not want to be a part of an experience unless uh, it is, you know, in, in line with you know how I how I want the world to be." But I can't think of a time where a contestant was willing to walk away from the show uh, on 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 principles uh, like you were. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a I, I don't have any problem with the no holds barred. 
approach, I, I, I believe very strongly that people should be able to say whatever they want to say. I don't, I don't think we should censor any content. Um, I think we have to counter content with um, conversation mm-hmm. and with uh, rational, rational arguments and find ways to connect with people because it, it doesn't, the censorship and, and the walking away, you know, I, I, I don't believe in safe spaces. You know, it's not, that, that really just wasn't what it was. I just, I grew up in a family. Well, let me, let me just, let me be very blunt about it. My parents were not excited about the fact that I went on the show. My no. father was furious. He was furious. I mean, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be trying to clerk in the United States Supreme Court, not Survivor and reality TV and this sort of thing. So I think I came at this show differently than everyone else because I was there for the adventure of it. I was there for this, for the, you know, I've, I've walked, you know, just driving out in the woods and thought to myself, if I just started walking that way, could I, could I make it? Could I survive? And so it was more about that than the, than the social element of it. And I didn't really realize what the social element of it was until I got there. And, uh, you know, they just push you out in the canoe and you don't know anybody. You're supposed to start paddling in that direction with cameras in your faces. So I think for me, the idea of walking away um, I think is different than it was for other people. I think they had had more invested in the show than I had. And certainly if the idea was that I had a Ben Browning who was my boss at NASA and I wanted to go to space and be an astronaut, it would have been very, very different. There, I would not have walked away from that in any way, shape or form. Um, this just wasn't important enough to me to um, continue in that way. If that makes any sense, yeah. So I, I don't. I don't want anyone to get to get uh, to get the message from me wrong. I, I very much believe that you need to stay and stand and do the work um, to get to a certain result. And and I don't remember actually saying I was going to leave, but and I'm sure you guys are right that I did. And as, as an older person, I'm a little annoyed with myself that I that I ever said uh, that I was going to leave because I don't I don't run. I don't run. Rob, Rob, let me let me jump in here. Jason, in one of your confessionals, you you said you were not going to leave. You wanted them to think you were going to leave, but you were not going to leave. You said that in one of your confessionals. And I love that you said because I absolutely 100% believe just like you had said that the game is so much like real life. And I believe it is too. I believe you play the game the way you live your life and certainly watching, you know, the way you played and the way you have matured and what you've done holds true. It seems like for you, I mean, just the fact that you, your dad was such a strong influence in your life and I'm sure you didn't want to do anything to maybe feel like you disappointed him. You still were following your path. So your mom and dad did a great, wonderful, amazing job with you. And obviously with your sister as well. I appreciate that. You know, I, I love my parents. I do. And my sister loves our parents and we all love each other. I think we have a bit of a different relationship than, than other people have with their, with their parents, maybe. Um, you know, the, the need for your father's uh, approval is a, is a really interesting thing um, that, you know, every guy friend I have definitely has, but uh, you know, it's, it's just, um, you know, he came from a different time. He told me once that, when he was growing up and learning about space in school, 
the entire universe was the solar system. And I didn't understand what he was saying. So I kept correcting him saying, no, dad, the entire universe is not the solar system. I was probably in high school or something that, you know, we, there's galaxies and there's this, and there's that. He's, he's, what he was trying to say is that we have just come so far in terms of our knowledge and understanding of, 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 of science, of people, of this, that, and the other. And, and so, you know, I just want you to know that I understand that you're, you're a different person than I am, that you're growing up in a different world uh, than I am. And I can look back on it now in my forties and appreciate what he was saying, what he was going through. And I, and I'm trying to, with my son, um, kind of take the, the good things that he and my mother uh, instilled in us in terms of discipline, work ethic, and, and moving towards a goal and combine those with some of the more uh, empathetic parts uh, in terms of, of showing affection differently. Uh, and I don't want to say anything negative about my parents in any way, shape, or form, but I do feel very strongly about being honest um, just generally about things because everyone has their uh, cross to bear, right? Everyone has their their flaws and, and, and everything else. And I, I do think that for all the credit that they deserve, um, there might have also been a different way to do it. And I'm, and I'm hopeful that I can navigate that game with, with my son. Jason, how did your uh, dad react to hearing that you were going to go to space? Told me don't go. <laughs> Does he want you to do anything, Jason? <laughs> no, but that's, that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I mean, right? You know, my dad used to say to me, "Son, I don't have any ideas greater than five million dollars." Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I have I, I did have ideas that were bigger than that, right? And so for him, uh, the idea of losing his son, the idea of all this adventure, you know, whether it was Survivor or going space or even some of the deals that I made in real estate when I took over. Uh, he was, he was skeptical because he'd done it a certain way for 40 or 50 years. He's, he's almost 80 years old now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had me late in life and he was very set in, in his ways. And, and so his dreams were just what they were. Um, so what did he say? He, he didn't want me to go. Uh, he was super nervous about it and I, I couldn't really, uh, do what I had to do in terms of family work and preparing for space with that sort of energy. So, I, you know, I had, to, I had to have a bit of distance from him until we came back and I didn't tell him which day it was and all that. So once it landed and we were fine, you know, I sent him the video of uh, my son running to me and uh, he, didn't, he couldn't talk to me for a day because he just couldn't believe that that was real, that a Robinson, that his son had gone to space. It was just so beyond anything that he ever thought would be possible for me or him or anybody he knew, right? That, that he was just speechless, just speechless. And I, I, you know, when Barack Obama was president, I, I helped throw a fundraiser for him. And part of the reason for doing so was I wanted my father to meet the first black president. And, you know, he's, he's standing there shaking the president's hand. I mean, he's, can't really walk anymore. He's in his, his 70s. And it was like he was a child. He's trying to jump in front of the photographers. He was in every picture. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just laughing. And he looked at me and he said, I just never in my, in my life would have dreamed that that moment could have ever happened. Uh, and so we, he and I have just had these series of events and moments where I'm, I have to 
force my way through um, without the full-hearted support uh, that I would have liked to have had because I, I felt like I knew what I was doing. Uh, but it's hard, right? Like it's it's this this parent-child thing is is hard. I don't think anybody really understands until until they are the safety net, right? You, you grow up hopefully with parents who are your safety net, and then one day they're just you're the safety net for everybody, and it's it's a weird transition. Anyway, I hope that answers. Jason, is Jason now? I can only imagine your dad, Doctor Jim C. Robinson. He probably has told and talked about you the last three weeks to so many people about you going to space. You know, he's just so proud. I mean, he's a dad. He was worried, but you know, he is so proud. Yeah, I think, I think, I do think he's proud. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just don't think he, much like I'm having uh, some trouble processing the fact that I actually went to space. I think he's having some trouble processing all of it um, over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Right, I, I consolidated all his small assets and I grew them into larger, more institutional quality assets. So we now compete with uh, pension funds and private equity groups uh, for deals, but with no investors. And I, I just don't think that that was something that he uh, he he believed could could happen. And also, didn't really understand how to get the business uh, there. So when I took over, the idea was to professionalize it and add technology and streamline and. And and um, uh, and and really uh, try to take this thing to the next level. And so I think I think a lot over the last ten to fifteen years has has kind of overwhelmed him in terms of uh, where this family could go generally. Jason, I want to talk about your wife, uh, Jamie, for just a minute because she is no, a I was talking beautiful about her for an hour. Woman. I don't know. She's wonderful. Yes. She's a, she's a beautiful woman. And obviously, I mean, you guys have, have partnered. You've got a beautiful son. I want to ask you, you had an interview. Uh, you were Mr. California with Cosmo. And Uh-oh. yes, they asked you what kind of woman that you wanted. And you said that you would prefer a woman who didn't take life too seriously, who was ambitious, but also a little more chilled out than you, and you educated girls are a plus, the smarter, the better. How did you do with your wife? Well, uh, I'll say first that, that uh, I had no idea how to answer any questions in that interview. That was, that was uh, you know, a friend of mine had just submitted me, and I woke up one day, mm-hmm. To a phone call, I was like, "I um, what? <laughs> Cosmopolitan bachelor? What? Cal- this is California? Is this pre or post Survivor? This is pre Survivor. Okay, pre Survivor. Uh, and so, you know, how did I do? I I did phenomenally. I I married my dream girl, and she's more than I could have ever uh, thought that I would find. And um. You know, I think if if I could correct anything in that statement, it is that the chilled, laid back thing probably doesn't work for me. <laughs> and so I'm glad I found somebody who was as uh, intense and, and ambitious and all the rest of it as I am. And I'm proud of her. She just graduated from the Harvard Kennedy School. She, um, you know, was on the board of uh, a couple nonprofits, um, and she 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 comes from a background of philanthropy. So she actually got a grant from the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to uh, work on women's health in West Africa. Um, you know, she she is the one who actually pushed me 
to professionalize the startup investing because I was just doing it. Uh, and she said, why don't we just put together a formal VC family office um, and like, and like really do it. So that's, that's all her work, not mine. Uh, she put together all the websites and found contacts. She's found a lot of great companies to invest in. So I, what, what can I say about her other than what a wonderful mother and what a wonderful wife. And I'm lucky to have her. And I hope we spend the next, uh, Hey, science is getting better. Maybe it's a hundred years together. Maybe we died 140 together. Jason, y'all are truly a power couple. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Absolutely. She, she was captain of the basketball team at Yale and set a couple Ivy League records for games played and made three pointers and, and, uh, and all of that. So the intersection between, you know, uh, intelligence, beauty, athleticism, I, I just, I couldn't have found a, a better partner. I really, really couldn't have. And uh, when I look at my son and I see that combination of genes, uh, I really do think about how lucky that boy is to, to have a, such a wonderful mother. My, as my dad would say, my dad <laughs> looked at her one day and said, you're a wonderful cook <laughs> or artist. He called her an artist. You're a wonderful artist. And that's, uh, he was referring to James, right? So her creation in our son. Oh. You're a wonderful artist. Interesting. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I've never heard. He, it's my it's my dad. Don't don't worry. He he never would say. In a, in a, you know, you hear the quarterback drops back into the pocket. He has a lot of time in football, and they say, uh, you know, he's he's writing a letter back there. My dad would say he's writing a poem in iambic pentameter. <laughs> I was like, Dad, come on, let's, it's just a football. It's just a football game, dude. Let's just let's just watch the game. Jason, I've got a question. A hypothetical question, because just like I said, you and Jamie are a power couple. So this is my question for you. I know you were an executive producer on a show and actually and own a movie and actually starred in it. But so my question for you, Jason, is they're going to do a movie about you and your wife, Jamie. Who's going to play you and who's going to play Jamie? Oh, wow. And I I've already decided... First of all, that that little independent film is is not the uh, is not the greatest thing you've ever seen. So, yeah, what was you know, the movie? Uh, the movie is called Glass Jaw, and it was uh, a friend of mine from an acting class that I took, uh, who was really just trying to. He was hustling, and he was a he was a model, and he and his wife uh, wanted to wanted to just just build this thing on their own. And I really I really admired the hustle and the hard work. And so I said, hey, look, I'll invest in that. And it wasn't for the purpose of making any sort of return or, or starring in it. I, I wasn't a star. I had a role. Um, but I just, I just really like supporting people who think they have a great vision and um, are willing to do what's necessary to, to get it over the, over the finish line. So I don't think you'd watch it and say, hey, you just don't get an Oscar or anything. But um, if you understand the backstory and you understand what they went through, to make that movie, uh, it was it's, it's something that I that I that I'm proud of um, in terms of supporting them. So, who would I want to play? I don't know because I I there's so much content these days that I really just don't know who anybody is anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you could okay. put an A-list movie star in front of me, and I would and I'd just be like, "Hi, how are you? Are you a, are you a chemist, a scientist?" Mm-hmm. I, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Uh, I guess if I had to go way back into the day uh, and try to pick somebody from, from my era or my generation, I mean, everybody, 
every every black man likes Denzel, right? So mm-hmm. why would you want Denzel out there? Um, but, and I and I would hesitate to pick somebody uh, to play my wife because you know for the same reason I wouldn't I wouldn't buy her clothes, right? It's got it, it's got to fit. It, I don't want her to be offended. It doesn't fit. So uh, I was going right. to leave it alone. So Jason, you can leave it alone. I'll go ahead and tell you who I'm going to cast for y'all. Okay. For your beautiful wife, I'm going to uh, cast Bryce Dallas Howard, which is Ron Howard's daughter. Okay. What do you think? Right. You know who she is? Perfect. Perfect cast. For Actually, you. You made that documentary about dads, didn't she? Okay. But anyway, whatever. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. So so she's she's beautiful and she she looks she looks kind of like your wife and she's a great actress all right and for you i'm gonna go with denzel yes but i'm gonna go a little younger than denzel i'm gonna go with michael b jordan he's 35 not too far from oh. you handsome handsome guy that's who i'm going i'll take that i, you know I definitely is? wouldn't complain with that no that's okay. that's i mean I don't, I don't know if i have that body anymore <laughs> but <laughs> hey, if that's how you see me, I, I'm really going to have to take you everywhere, T-Bird, just so I can keep my ego and my confidence mm-hmm. high. <laughs> Jason, when you were going up on Blue Origin, was there ever a chance that you were in the same crew as Pete Davidson when he was supposed to go? Or is that also classified? Uh, I can answer that. No, I, was, I wasn't going to be uh, on that flight. But... Um, you know, it, when when all that was announced, it, I laughed a lot because friends of mine from everywhere that I hadn't even talked to in a long time texted me to say, Pete Davis is going to go to space before you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I had already, like, I knew my flight number, right? And I'd been, you know, I'd spent the last six months uh, doing the work with Blue Origin. And I could, but I couldn't say anything because my flight hadn't been announced yet. And, and so I just wrote back, ha ha, dot, dot, dot. Like, no, he's not. He's not going up before me. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll just, just give it another month. I'll show you guys. <laughs> so yeah, I, hope, I hope he gets up there. I, I, from what I understand, there was some scheduling conflicts or something like that. And, um, you know, I don't know the guy, but he seems like a, seems like a good dude. So mm-hmm. hope he has experience. Jason, did preparing for Survivor and the space mission have anything in common? For you, well, I think that if if they had something in common, it would be the unknown, right? I I didn't know what I was getting into with Survivor, and I don't think you can really know what you're getting into. You know, getting on top of a a a spaceship full of liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen, right? So it. I would say the preparation was somewhat similar in that when I need to prepare for something that I don't know uh, what it's going to be like, I try to over prepare and I try to be as disciplined in that preparation as possible. So I think, I think in that, in that sense, yes, I think they're very different in the sense that you know who the people are, you know, and what the, what the main objective is. I think my, my objective in terms of going on Survivor was not what it should have been when I look back on it. And so I think I might have been a bit conflicted in terms of why I was there. Uh, whereas I, w- I knew very much why I was, why I was doing this, uh, 
the space flight. And, and if, if I could do one thing differently about Survivor, I really, really, really would have approached it differently. Um, I understood the basic premise. I, under, I understood the goal. But my purpose of being there was not to dominate the game and, and go three or four times the way Russell did and, and win. You know, I wanted to win, certainly. But um, I would have refined that strategy a lot for the goal of winning if I did it again, if that makes sense. In what way would you have refined it? You know, I, I did say on the show, that this is like life. And I, and I really do mean that. I think that survivor is what you find in, in a lot of workplaces and a lot of offices. And it doesn't really matter how much those companies do to try and, um, you know, not have that sort of, um, thing in their in their workplace right you, know, you said somebody, that at the finale correct yeah like you know some, somebody somebody gets somebody gets promoted and somebody else doesn't somebody's gonna run a team and somebody else isn't you know and within that team there's jockeying for position and places uh because there's only so many spots to top it's not as as, as outwardly blatant as survivor but it, it has its own uh, similarities so what would i have done differently i would have approached it more with that mindset like hey jason look your goal here isn't adventure i wouldn't have had these dueling concepts of hey this isn't just about adventure or survival or an experience or any of that stuff you're here to win buddy and so you need to do what you need to do to win stay focused stay disciplined stay real um it doesn't mean that i wouldn't have done what i did uh with ben but it does mean that there were certain moments that i don't think got captured very well, uh, where Russell and I were very much on the same page in terms of the moves that we were making to keep Fofo in the game. You know, we went in totally uh, over overmatched in terms of numbers, um, in terms of what we did with idols, right? Like that first idol should have been mine, could have been mine, and I probably would have taken it. Um, but I was trying to play a different game where I wasn't a target. Um, and so, you know, we do, we just, we, we would take a morning walk almost every day and we talk about how we wanted to do X, Y, or Z. Now, a lot of people say he was playing me. I happen to think that it, it either was a, was a mutual decision or I was playing him. But in the end, I had an opportunity to flip the script and get rid of him and cut the head off the snake. And I didn't do it because I got really into this team mentality. And forgot that even though there's an I, even though there isn't an I in team, there's definitely an M and an E. And sometimes you got to do what you got to do, right? So, yeah. Is, is there one particular moment, Jason, that you feel like that you had the the chance to uh, flip that you did not take? Yeah, yeah. The, the, right before I got voted out. Yes. I, I I got real sick because I didn't understand in that moment that it was the first reward challenge that we had ever won. And I was so hungry and I hadn't eaten anything for like 30 days. I was 145 pounds or something like that. Um, I'm, I'm 220 now for reference. Uh, and I just wasn't, I just wasn't thinking. So I shoved all this food in my mouth and your body just can't handle that. So I got really sick and, and just, just, I mean, everything was coming out of every orifice in the middle of a typhoon mm-hmm. and, uh, and I had a chance, and, and I forget what his name was. The last guy on their tribe, Brett. Brett. Brett came to me and said, "Hey, look, we can get rid of Russell right now. Like we have the votes to do it. 
And I'm pretty sure that everyone who's left here would do it, but we want to know what, how you feel. Like, like if you say, yes, let's go get Russell, we're going to go get Russell. And I don't know why I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it makes so much sense when I look back on it to, to go get that guy and then, and then try to compete against those three, then to keep Russell around. And, and no, nowhere in my mind did I think that Russell was, was conspiring against me on the other side and ready to get rid of me because he thought I was too weak uh, to help them in the challenges anymore to get rid of Brett. And he knew, and I knew, and everybody knew that if Brett made it, that whole tribe was going to vote for him. So right. he was definitely if he survived. And I thought he and I were on the same page and we were just going to keep going after Brett together. Um, but I, I was an idiot, right? I just, I got blinded by the teen stuff. And I was sick. And, and so that was, that was, that was my moment to make the big move. But I didn't do it. And I regret it. Well, Jason, Jason, I did read that you had lost 34 pounds. That's quite a lot of weight in, you know, 30 something days. Would you go back and play? Would you go back for a second, for a second chance? No, I think if you'd, if you'd asked me after that, when I was young, I might have said yes, but I'm, I'm too old for all that now. I, I mean, I this little kid is, is already in the 100th percentile in terms of growth, and I, I can't bend over to pick him up. Sometimes I'm chasing him. I'm like, you need to just stop because I can't get down and get you. So I just physically, I don't think I could do it. Um, would I do it again if my body was different? Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd give it a shot. That's interesting. Uh, I, I also think you had one of like the worst experiences. Your 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 cast uh, in uh, that season of Samoa. You know, like I, I've you know chronicled all of the Survivor seasons, and there there's a stretch like right when you all hit the merge, like six seven days where it just rains, uh, just a, like a downpour, seemingly nonstop and your you know your hands look like a corpse and uh looks like it's freezing cold and i i think that's like one of the worst weather stretches i mean it ultimately like uh, almost killed russell swan of just just how bad it was in that season yeah i mean i, I don't know what the other seasons uh i mean i wasn't i wasn't there and i feel like you gotta feel it to really understand it but it was it was not it was not people ask me if it was real i say hell yes it was real like they didn't help us. They didn't give us water. They didn't give us food. And I think our season was one of the only seasons that didn't get rice and beans as well. Mm -hmm. um, so and maybe I'm wrong on that, but but we definitely didn't have it. Whether I'm right about other seasons or not, and and that is a man. It's a it's something else. Uh, your body that first week is in, is is not happy with you at all. And I think the weirdest part about Survivor for me is how quickly your mind and your body adapt. So it was a full seven days of this sucks. And then all of a sudden your body was like, okay, we're not going to get any food. So we're going to have to figure this out. Um, and you're not as hungry anymore. And then your mind goes, wait, what civilization? No, this is home. And I, and I remember when I got voted off, I didn't really understand what was happening. I, I thought I was just going to go back to my hut because that's like where I live now. And they had to literally take my canteen from me and give me a bottle of water. They're like, you can drink clean water now. And I'm like, no, 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 I need that. I need, I need to stay hydrated. <laughs> give me that canteen. Um, I came home and, and my, uh, my dad would drive 35, 40 miles an hour, you know, at the speed limit down the street. And I'd freak out 
because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't understand why it was driving so fast. It was like Crocodile Dundee in New York. Um, so yeah, it was hard. It was bad, but I, 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 I do think physically the one thing that I take away from it the most is that you can do a whole lot physically. I mean, if you have to, you'll make it work. You'll make it work. I just don't want to. I don't have to. Jason, have you stayed in touch with any of the players from your Samoa season? Let me ask you a question. If I did, who would you think it is? Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I love when you ask me a question back. Um, well, I know you really you really admired Shambo. Um, how many guesses do I get? Is there more than one? You get two. Two. I get two. All right, two. Oh, this is good. Okay. I'm going to say Natalie White, 100%. Natalie White. Uh, and I'm going to say... Can I make my own guesses? Yeah, sure. You should be good, I feel like, I feel like it's not Natalie White. It's not Natalie White. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say Natalie White and Shambo. Those were my two choices. Okay, Rob, you go. <sighs> well, Shambo's Your interesting because I believe that also um, Shambo's in the Pacific Northwest, uh, but... I would say I don't I don't think it's Shambo. Um Jason couldn't remember uh Brett's name, so I'm gonna say it's not Brett. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go with Mick. Um and uh boy, um maybe Liz Kim. Well, it could be the rocket scientist. Jason and Rob. Yes. It could be it. I don't think it's John Fincher. It could be the rocket I, I don't think it's John Fincher. The rocket scientist. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. 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 All right, let's hear. It's Shambo. Oh. Shambo. How about that? Yes. Shambo, yeah, no, we don't like talk all the time, but uh, certainly Shambo and I, uh, you know, we sent some texts. I definitely called her, you know, before the space flight and, and said, what's up, Shambo? And uh, she's just, she's just one of a kind. Yeah. And, you know, on paper, I don't think anyone would think that that's a relationship that would have uh, continued on after the show. Uh, but she's just so real. And I, I think for me, this show was never about what I think it is for some other people in terms of, um, you know, I feel like I feel like a lot of people put more of themselves and, and whatever else into, into this show. I, I think she and I were on the same page in terms of we really wanted to do this. But it's not like our life, you know. And so she went back, and she and she uh, and her—I uh, don't know if they're married. Her her wife or her girlfriend—they they have this great life out there um, in Washington State. And it's just really fun talking to her about where she is and what she's doing. And sometimes she just texts me and like, "I'm cleaning my driveway with a flamethrower." And I'm like, "Flamethrower." <laughs> I'm like, "Shit, <"Yeah>, what?" <laughs> like a flamethrower? Who uses a flamethrower to clear, clear a driveway? Uh, and she just has these great stories and she's just got so much energy and so much positive energy and she can, she's, you know, she's just a, she's just such a unique person. It was, it just wasn't something that, uh, I definitely didn't think that we were going to be, uh, friends afterwards, but I, I'm very happy that we still, that we still communicate for sure. Okay. That's one. That's it. That's not just oh. one. Oh, just one. Oh. I thought you yeah, had, no, uh, so we had two guesses, but it was only one person. Yeah, only one person. That's it. Wow. Oh, that's it. And J- Jason, you said exactly what I was thinking as I was thinking it. She's so real. What you see is what you get. 
and and you are too. I mean, you both come from completely different walks of life, it, it appears, but you're both very real people. So that it kind of surprises me, but it kind of doesn't. I guess it shouldn't. I guess I guessed her. She was one of my guesses. Hey, Rob, you mentioned Russ. You want to show, you want to send our little message out to Jason? All right. Here is a message that we were able to get from uh, one of your survivor Samoa castmates. Hey, brother Jason, this is Russ. Not to be confused with (laughs) Mini-Me, a.k.a. the dead black guy. (laughs) Hey, anyway, listen, man. I hope this short message finds you and your amazing family in good health and spirits. As I told you all those years ago after the game, and I will tell you the same now, listen, brother, I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. You are a phenomenal human being. And I say this, one of the crown jewels that I have on this planet is my baby girl, my daughter. And I pray one day that she meets a young man such as yourself. Um, And so I just want to wish you Godspeed. I pray that you are thriving. And like I said, man, you are one heck of a young man. So keep doing what you do and know that I have mad love for you, brother Jason. So anyway, I'm going to get on out of here. Enjoy the rest of your interview. And um, I pray one day that our paths cross and we get to have a longer conversation. All right. And definitely if you're over in the Philadelphia area, holla at your boy. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Man, you guys really, really, really came with it on this. I didn't, I didn't expect all of this. <laughs> yeah, uh, we try. Um, must be nice uh, to get called young, young man by Russell Swan. Russell is is Swan is the is the nicest guy in the yeah. history of the world. Well, one one yeah. of the great ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yep, on he show, is. I think it's really hard to make friends on a show based on deceit and backstabbing yeah. and all that. Uh, but it, you know, you talk about Shambo being real. Russ Swan is is, is not just real; he, he's super ridiculously nice. Shambo's super ridiculously nice too. Russ in a bit of a different in a bit different way. You know, he's he's just um, I have a better word. His his kindness is just so smooth and easy. If if that makes uh, yeah. any sense, and for all the stuff that happened on that show, I think what gets overlooked a bit is how many really good people we're on it. Um, Russ Swan's one of them. Shambo's one of them. Uh, the chef uh, from Alaska uh, on my tribe, he was definitely one of them. Uh, Ashley. Oh, Mike, Mike Barassi? Yeah, nope. there you go. Mike Barassi. The mean motor scooter? He, he, was, a, he was a nice dude. Um, you know, Ashley was super sweet. Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like they, I, they really, I don't know how they decided to to break up the tribes i think some of us thought it was based on age they all young you know more of the young stronger people over on uh, the other tribe but um sometimes i think maybe it was it was more of a personality uh um thing i think they had they had they had more uh intense aggressive personalities over there plus russ mm-hmm. uh, than we had on our side uh, but I really appreciate that. Russ is, Russ is such a good dude. I'm glad he's doing well. I'm glad his daughter is doing well. And, um, you know, I got nothing but love for that guy. I, I wish him, I wish him all the success in the world. 
So I appreciate that. I really do. Thank you for that. Jason, I'd love to ask you about uh, a few of the other uh, people that you played with. One of the things uh, when I had gone back and watched the season a couple of years ago was that I thought that it was kind of like inferred that you and Mick were like very close because we see so much of Russell and Natalie from the FOA FOA 4 that uh, I had thought that maybe you and Mick were very close and it didn't get shown in the TV show. Was, was that the case? No, we, I mean, he's fine. Like I, 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 I respect Mick and I, I yeah. like him, but I don't, I didn't never really thought that he and I would be good friends or anything mm-hmm. like that. Our, our personalities are, are very different. I think the way that we would want to enjoy our lives, even in terms of hobbies and that sort of thing would be very different. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I don't really know what else to say about that, except he's, you know, he's, he's Mick. So <laughs> That probably comes off the wrong way, but he, he's just, I don't know. He's, he's a little, he's a bit dry. That's (laughs) that's what the word is, right? Yeah. I, I, I like, I like the fact that when I, when I talk to Shambo, I'm like, what are you doing? Shambo? It's like, "Ah, I'm just cleaning my driveway with a flamethrower, you know, and I'm Mm -hmm. just just a little bit bit more uh, interesting things going on. Uh, <laughs> That's gonna keep make me laugh, Jason. You know what I thought was interesting about this cast? You hear about cast being recruited. You know them going out and recruiting. Half of the cast was from California. Ten of the twenty were from California. Now I don't know if they were cast or if they had applied, but I thought that was interesting that that many were from that part of the country. I don't know. I mean, I, I have no, I have no idea. Um, you know how the inner workings. Uh, of it go. I mean, I, I know that uh, they selected my video and I flew out there and then I don't, I don't know how you guys did, but with, there was, you know, um, multiple days of just interviews. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I felt like they, they watched you in the gym and uh, I do feel like I've heard through the grapevine that, that one of the reasons I was selected is because I could swim and they really wanted, they really wanted a black person that could swim Mm-hmm. Uh, on the show, um, and so that that first uh, what do they call them? the first uh, competition thing that we did there? Challenge, was, right? yeah. So yeah. challenge. I was chosen as a swimmer. I think they were they were super excited about that because they finally had somebody. And I don't know about finally because I don't watch it that much, but you know they had somebody who who could really uh, dominate the swim competition. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's possible. I mean, it's yeah. their show, so you know they, they get to make decisions on who they choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't a lot of swimming on your season uh yeah i mean there was like there was that swim challenge and then there was a lot of stuff in the water where i feel like it, i remember one specifically where shambo was yelling at me swim jay swim mm-hmm. and i and it was it was at that point where it was every man for themselves uh, every person for themselves and i just couldn't because i was so tired so i felt like i could have done more swimming on the show mm-hmm. but i just I, couldn't move my body after a while, not eat. I think I lost more weight than any other contestant ever. If, if I'm remembering that it's up right. there, it's up there. Hey Rob, do you think you lost more than big Tom? Cause did, no, I, I, th- saw yeah, Africa, I think there might Jason, be a couple people that are like, uh, in the, in the forties, yeah. but you're, uh, you're, you're right up there. Uh, yeah, for, for sure. Yes. Um, 
Jason, what about your relationship with Natalie during the game? Uh, again, you know, um, you know, she doesn't get a ton of screen time in the show, and a lot of it is her one-on-one with Russell. Did you have a, a relationship with, uh, with Natalie throughout uh, your time in the game, or a good relationship with Natalie? Yeah, I think I, I think I had a pretty good relationship with most people, other than um, Ben and. Yeah. Uh, I'm Not to, to say that idea. there was animosity, but like, did you have a, like a good, like working relationship with Natalie? Yeah, she was fine. Look, I, I, I agree with, I think in the tribal council, Eric was talking about people's strategies and game strategies and trying to say what's, what's wrong with Natalie's strategy. Yeah. Uh, I think there was a lot of, Oh, Russell's carrying her and all the rest of this stuff. And it's like the, the point of the game is to get to the next challenge, right? The point of the game is just not get voted out. So, I mean, that strategy seems as good as, as anybody else's. She, she came off as pretty non-threatening and clearly Russell thought that he could uh, beat her in the tribal council and, and was concerned about other people and he was wrong and she was right and she, and she won it. So I, I got a lot of respect for her game and, and I, I had a, I had a positive relationship with her. Um, she's another one that I just didn't see. I didn't see it coming in the end. Uh, Cause I definitely thought that the team was the team and, I had I was like super high on this idea of the FOA FOA four uh, yeah. or three whatever whatever we were and and going in undermanned and and overwhelmed and coming out the other side together and and so I think if I thought that one of the four of us was going to go I thought it was Nick I didn't think it was Natalie and I certainly didn't think it was me so <laughs> uh, so yeah I trusted her I definitely did. And did what she had to do, and she won the game. Good for her. And and Jason, you have defended her because I know you've defended her in a lot of interviews. You have defended her win. Um, I did mention in your intro that you had said that you were one day away from winning. Um, tell me, tell me about that. Uh, everybody on the jury told me that if I had made it one more day, they would have voted for me. So they could have been lying to me. Yeah. But but privately afterwards, they all said they were they were prepared to vote for me. That's what they told me. Jason, did you consider uh, voting for either Russell or Mick in the final tribal council, or was your mind made up because you're the one you know foa foa person that's on the jury? Uh, no, I was never going to vote for Russell and Mick. Uh, I mean, Russell to me, his betrayal was bigger than Natalie's. Uh, in terms of what I thought he and I were doing together. Uh, and um, between Natalie and Meg, I, I just just generally pick Natalie. Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like I'm saying bad things about Mick. I don't, I don't have a problem with Mick. But yeah. if I got to make a choice, I would, I would Look, choose Natalie. Jason, it's not like you called him feckless. Uh, you just said he's not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, you guys have me back to tribal council right now. I feel like I'm out here trying to. He's it's, he's fine. It's uh, Mick. Trying to thread the needle. Yeah, he's he's Mick. He's a he's a he's a good dude. He's just he's just Mick. Mick. Yeah. So you have you stayed in touch with Russell at all? Have y'all had any communication through the years? No, def- definitely, 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 definitely not. No. Not not only not well, you- it's not just me. I don't think Russell would want to talk to me. I don't, Russell's a Russell's an interesting guy. He's a he's an interesting mm-hmm. 
personality. And I and I, I try to think of all the people that I've met in life. Have I met a Russell? And I honestly don't know that I have. I, I really think he's one of a kind. And it was he, he was just new to me. He was a new thing to me. And and I think to him, I wasn't. Um, and I think he knew what to do with me more than I knew what to do with him. Uh, and I was a tool mm-hmm. and, uh, and a widget in the, in the system that he was trying to build there. And, and I, and I get it. I think I get it now. Uh, I thought I had more control than I did for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you say you hadn't met a Russell before that, uh, that you had not encountered somebody who was just so, Unscrupulous uh, in in your uh, oh, I time. I don't mean it that way. Yeah, I've met a lot of really shady people. I, I work worked in real estate. Like, yeah, this, this is an industry of of uh, people trying to put uh, my corporations professor at University of Chicago would call it put a, put lipstick on a pig, uh, trying to make something look like. Um, and uh, so I've met some unscrupulous people. He just he's just I don't know how to describe it. He's 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 just got this thing where he is able to lie to your face. No, to lie to somebody else in the group and then tell you something else and make you believe that that lie is the truth and not the lie you just told, told he just told somebody else and believe mm-hmm. that lie. And his personality, he's a likable guy. Yeah. He's, he's a likable guy. In, in a body that I wouldn't necessarily think, you know, his presentation is just not one that I would think that I, Jason Robinson, would look at and go, man, that guy, that's, just, that's, that's a Russell, you know, and, and I, I bought it, hook, line, and sinker, and I liked the dude, and, and I, just, I just, maybe I just never met anybody, that, I just don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, to this day, I just don't, I don't know who Russell is. I don't know what part of his past to believe i don't know you know you know you read things on the internet every once in a while about him and, and issues he's had I, I just don't know if that's the real russell the fake russell is he trying to build up uh some 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 sort of press for, for something else he's trying to do uh i think that maybe that's the best way of putting it i've never met somebody who i left the um relationship uh that is kind of kind of like i talk about space you, you end up either bonding with these people or you don't. It's a super high tense yeah. personal relationship kind of thing. And just to have absolutely no clue who that person is. Mm-hmm. I have no clue who Russell is. I don't know what he is. I don't know. You wish you would have spent more time looking out the window is what you're saying. Uh, I mean, <laughs> or or just, just not getting on that rocket. At all. Yeah. I think probably, probably better way I'm saying. I would have just stayed away from that shit. I just let him do whatever he was going to do. I, I should have just been a Natalie and just been like, "Hey, Russell, you want to run? You want to run the show? Go ahead and run the show, man. I'm just gonna stand back here and let yeah. you do your stuff." Yeah, Jason, how bad did it screw you up to have your socks uh, thrown in the fire on? I think it was the first night of, of the game uh, because I, I know uh, from being out there, you know, just how important it is to, you know, uh, if anything happened to my socks, I, I would be devastated. I am still angry yeah. about my socks. And, I, and I'm over Survivor, right? Like It's not something that's like, that I think about all that much anymore. But that sock thing, I do. And I also somehow lost my pants towards the end. But I didn't even really care about the pants. Yeah. Socks, you don't... Like, people 
laughed at it. And I think it was on the Daily Show and some other stuff. And I was like, no, 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 you guys don't understand. That's like the most important article of clothing, your feet. And I never would have imagined that my feet were so important until doing that. But your feet are just so ridiculously important and that you have to take care of them. And not having those socks was, was tragic. It really was. I don't even know what else to say about it. I'm still angry about my socks. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I'd be mad too. When did you find out that it was Russell that took your socks? When you, when you watched it back? Yeah, when the show aired. That's why I don't know who that dude is. I don't know who he is. How he kept a secret like that for so long, even after the show, nobody told, told me about it. I just thought I lost my socks. I just figured they were gone somewhere. And I'm an idiot, and I must have lost them in the, in the, in the jungle of Samoa or something like that. And turns out this person just went and burned my socks. No, I'm still, I'm still upset about that. Really? You should see how many pairs of socks I have in my drawers right now. I have so many socks. Because of that, I, I, like, I, I don't go anywhere without socks anymore. You're hoarding your socks now. Yeah. Change me. I'm a changed man. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> I want to ask you about, about Jeff Probst. What did you think about Jeff Probst? But let me ask you this. Give me one word oh boy. to describe Jeff Probst. One word. Hmm. Um, professional. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. I don't like Jeff Probst. I don't hate Jeff Probst. Um, it's different than like Mick where I say he's just kind of dry. Like, like Probst just, Probst has a job to do and he's going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And and I I don't exactly know how the production behind the scenes stuff goes, but it felt at times like they knew stuff we didn't, and they were asking certain questions because they knew stuff we didn't. And he would get a little frustrated at times if he if he wasn't getting what he wanted, and he just don't get what he wanted. You know, he didn't he didn't give a crap about how you feel. Like oh, you haven't had water today, and you know this is this is the job. We we have a certain amount of time to get a certain amount of content, and we're going to get that content. Um, so yeah, I mean, professional in that sense. Um, uh, but it wasn't, you know, he's just, I don't know. He's pros to me. He's not. Mm-hmm. Some people love him. Some people hate him. He's just a, he's a host to me. Jason, uh, there was no family visit in survivor Samoa, correct? And I have no. that right. Yeah. Right. Uh, who was supposed to come and be your family visit uh, if they were able to make it work out? I mean, you got to understand my family. So I've talked a lot about them on this on this uh, on this podcast, and and the reality is, I might have put some people on the list. Nobody was coming. My dad was going. My, my dad was. Gonna Nobody show was coming. There's there's no way any member of my family would have done it. No. Your sister? Maybe your sister. She she's MD PhD. She's got work to do. She's not leaving the lab for, for that. So you didn't even have a name to give them that they would have said, "I'm sorry, Jason. You have n- there was n- there's nobody for you." I mean, I gave them names. Oh, I'm just okay. saying, had, had they done it, my yeah. parents would have said no. They just yeah. would have been okay. Like, it would have been like a friend. Yeah, we have things to do, yeah. um, and so and I don't, I'm not sure I would have even wanted to. My list was was three people long, mm-hmm. as I remember it. Uh, actually, I don't know how many people you get, but I know it was it was my mother, my father, my sister. That's it. I didn't put anybody else out there. Um, and then we got these letter things, and I'm still to this day. I thought about it a lot because the letter was just so horribly written. 
that in the moment I was like, this is all I get, or maybe I didn't get a letter. I don't, I don't exactly remember, but I do remember thinking if I did get a letter, I remember thinking somebody else wrote this. Like, there's just no way that my parents wrote this letter or my sister wrote this letter in any, in any way, shape or form. Like we understand grammar in this house and how to put sentences together. Um, but yeah, that was, that, that was a family thing. So who would have come? I would have been there by myself. That's for sure. Oh my gosh, Jason. So production might've said, we've got letters for everybody, but Jason doesn't have one. Somebody scribble out a letter for him. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I have no oh idea how this works. I just know that, uh, if my memory serves correctly, I did get a letter and I, and I did have some emotions about the letter. And then I thought about the letter later after the show. And I was like, they didn't write that. Like, this is, this is no way. <laughs> they wrote that. So, Have you ever asked them if they wrote this letter? No, I Survivor in my house is this thing that that's uh, this like it's I not, skip it's not spoken. Oh no, not at all. I just I, I skipped my law school graduation for that, and mm-hmm. my parents were pissed. My mother showed up anyway to my graduation and bought all the University of Chicago things, and the dean of students sent me an email before graduation. She said. Is there anything I should know about? Like, is everything okay? Like, you're not going to graduation, but your mother is coming. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, it's fine. She's that's that's who she is. Like, I, even if I'm not going to show up, she's going to show up. That's that's her graduation as much as it's my graduation. Jason, have uh, you shown the season to Jamie? I don't. I don't watch it. I, it I, it's real hard to, I think, watch yourself on television. And, and she's uh, never been interested. Like, oh, let's put it on. I think she's watched maybe five or ten minutes. Okay. Like her, certain members, extended family have watched it. Uh, a couple of her friends, but I don't. I don't think she's. You know, mm-hmm. again, like I like the show, and I'm and I'm glad that it's popular as it is. Um, it's just in my circle, it's it's not it's not the same kind of priority that Star Trek: The Next Generation would have. You know. Jason, don't don't feel bad about it because when I met my husband, he didn't know anything about Survivor. I didn't even mention it to him. When he found out, I actually gave him a DVD and he I went over to his house while we were dating. The dog had chewed the whole thing up. He never watched it. And my kids my kids don't have an in the kids don't have an interest either. So don't feel bad about that. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm glad I'm glad I'm in good company. Now, the letter writing thing, now, I do remember my mom and dad did send a letter, and it did look like their penmanship, so we got to get to the bottom of the letter writing thing with your yeah. family. I, I've never heard of a forged letter on Survivor, so this would, this would be a first if this was uh, uh, if this, you know, turned out to be the case. Again, I don't know. Maybe somebody yeah. just scribbled something down mm-hmm. in the head and we're like, I, I got better things to do, yeah. but I, I just remember being upset. I don't know if that, that made it into the season, because I don't remember watching... Um, the end of the season so much uh, when it came out. It's hard to watch myself, but I'm pretty sure they put something in there of me upset uh, about that moment. Um, and I just remember thinking about it later on and thinking that just, I think that was somewhat manufactured because I don't think I, yeah, I just don't think they do that. So the letter may have been forged, but we do, we do have another <laughs> message for you, Jason. And this one is a genuine article. <laughs> We have another message from one of your cast members. T-Bird, you ready oh, for this? Ready, ready. Okay, here we go. Watch hey, this Jason, it's Laura oh. Moret, blast from the past. I think it's been since the live season finale in 2009. 
was the last time we saw each other. But I just wanted to pop on and just tell you hello, tell you how incredibly proud I am of you. I mean, you are just killing it out there in the world. You've been so successful from your beautiful family to like go into space. And then I just read about the scholarship that you gave for Stanford for African-American for the STEM program. I mean, seriously, I am so incredibly proud of you. And it's funny, it's like thinking about the first time I met you, the very, very first challenge, if you remember, we, we hadn't even talked to each other. And Jeff said, pick three people. One has to swim, one has to lift a log, and the other has to be agile. And I'll never forget, Russell picks you to swim. And who would have known that you're a freaking water polo player and you like smoked John in that water. It was crazy. He was wearing jeans. I was just like, dang, who is this guy? <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, we didn't get to play too much together because it always seemed like you were always on the other side. But it was such an honor to play with you. Um, we did get to spend a little, few days towards the end of the game and then, of course, in Ponderosa. So, um it, it literally has just been an honor to get to know you out there on the island and then just following you on social media. So keep it up, brother. I'm so, so, so proud of you. And hopefully we'll see each other soon one of these days. Okay, bye. Okay. We got Laura Moret. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. A I, I, you know, when I was, when you were, you were uh, asking the question about who I kept in touch with. Uh, her, her, her name did come to mind because we would exchange messages every once in a while immediately after the show. We just we haven't talked in years. Yeah. Uh, did you know her uh, daughter went to go play on Survivor, Jason? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did, she, well, oh. wait, Jason, are you sitting down? Are you sitting down? Oh, boy. <laughs> the, the, oh boy. Wait till you hear this, Jason. You might not be ready for this twist. Uh, her daughter actually voted her out of the game. What? She voted out her mom. Oh. Oh. Well, you know. Youth is wasted. Mind blown, only. right? Yeah. Yeah. I let my son vote me out of tribal council. I'll, I yeah. would be so angry with him. You would never do that to your father, right? I mean, I definitely wouldn't do it to my son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good for good for them. I'm glad. Uh, so they both went on the show together. That's kind of yeah. They played together. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, if I went on Survivor with my parents, I, I, pro- I would probably vote them off. I, 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 I definitely would. Uh, that's, a, that's a little too a little too much time in mm-hmm. uh, too too difficult a situation. It's either them or me. Yeah. Well, I've got a couple of things I want to ask him. First thing is, how many tux do you have? Cups? Tuxedos. How tux. many tuxedos oh, tux, do you tux. have? Yeah, I thought you said, I think uh, said cups also. One, but I, I haven't worn it in years. So, but I do have one. Really? I figured yeah. you'd have a lot of tux, but you've got a lot of socks. Yeah, I got a lot of socks. I actually really do have a lot of socks. And, and it wasn't until this right. conversation that I realized how many socks I have. You can never uh, be too careful these days now, Jason. And I, right? I really wonder if it's a result of Survivor. I really wonder. Mm-hmm. I got a drawer full of socks I don't even wear. Yeah. Anyway. And Jason, you've done so many amazing things, but other than your beautiful wife, Jamie, and your son, at, up to this point, what is your biggest, proudest accomplishment? Uh, it's got to be space. 
I mean, that's just hands down, no question. Take space uh, off the table. Too easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. I, 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 um, you know, again, I think, I think that coming from, uh, it took two generations to kind of, to kind of build this uh, asset portfolio. And I, when I took over from my dad and his, his health wasn't, uh, wasn't doing so well, it was, um, uh, a really risky kind of scary thing to try and scale up the way that I did. And I really felt as though if I failed, I was just going to destroy um, a generation of, of black wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a choice, you know, to, to just plow forward the way that we always had. Uh, my dad's, uh, my grandfather left my dad uh, his house when he died. And I think it was worth a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. And that's what my dad used to, uh, buy a duplex and then, you know, a house and then, you know, some, some other real estate. And so I, I took it very seriously, but I also knew that there was opportunity and, um, you know, consolidating those assets, moving the assets out of California into lower cost States. We're now in the Southeast, uh, a lot. Um, and, uh, just just growing this the way I grew it, professionalizing the business, putting together the the, the corporations, and forming the team uh, now that that uh, that employs you know Stanford uh, business school graduates and um, attorneys and, and all kinds of other things. I think is is probably my proudest um, accomplishment because it, it, there was ten years there that were literally terrifying. Uh, with recessions coming and, and the pandemic and, and everything else. Uh, so I'd have to say that. Jason, uh, on a much less serious note, can you tell us your favorite Star Trek The Next Generation episode? Oh, that's easy. It's called The Tapestry. Oh, okay, good. I, I, see, I thought you were yeah. going to say something basic, like uh, the best of both worlds, uh, one and two. Uh, but it, okay, t- Tapestry, that's a good one. No, I'm actually not a best of both worlds uh, big fan. And if I had a number two, it would have to be Darmic and Jalan. Okay. At Tanagra. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I actually played a game with a friend once. We, we had a couple of drinks. And, you know, and he was like, name that Star Trek episode. And I was like, boom, got it. So I, I got the time. I don't have the season and episode numbers yeah. memorized, but I got a lot of the names memorized. So I love the tapestry because it's, um, you know, Picard is laying on. Uh, is 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 there in sickbay and he's taking some sort of uh, phaser wound to the chest. He's dying, and he uh, Q appears as though he's God. It's kind of uh, mm-hmm. we're unsure if he really is God or not. But he gives him the ability to go back into the past and change things about his past that he wasn't happy about. Right. Uh, things if if, if, if he doesn't fight the Nos again, right? And and he's just he's just got all these moments. Uh, when he was young, that he's somewhat embarrassed about because he was childish, he wasn't mature enough. You know, he made these decisions. He was brash, young, arrogant officer. I think they're almost the exact words that Will uses at the end. And what he finds out is um, the life that resulted from him not taking those chances, from not making those mistakes, from not being perfect and 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 pushing forward uh, was just being a really boring science officer. Yeah. He says at the end of the episode, I would rather die on that table as the man I was than live the life I just saw. And I, every time that I feel as though I've made some blunder, that I've said some words that I'm not 
happy about or proud of, or I've had a moment where I, I may have been mean to somebody because I, I just, you know, I lost my temper. I, I think about, or even just the, my failings. I've, I've had a lot of mistakes. For all the things that you read there, I failed twice as many times. Um, and I and I watched that episode, and I remember that I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be here. I would have gone to space. We wouldn't be having this conversation if I hadn't taken those chances. Um, to me, going on Survivor is the equivalent of him, you know, defending his captain, you know, in whatever whatever uh, battle it was uh, that they referenced in the in the episode. Uh, and these are the things that made me. They built me, and and I'm not ashamed of, of those mistakes. I'm not ashamed of things that I've said, even if I regret them and I needed to apologize for them. Um, and so that episode was very formative for me uh, over the yeah. last ten or years. Uh, yeah, Jason. That uh, so I'm a couple years older than you, but uh, Star Trek: Next Generation was uh, super formative uh, for for me as well. So it is uh, something that you know is it is my favorite Star Trek also uh, by far, and something uh, that you know I, I uh, you know uh, really was just uh, I was the the greatest thing that I had seen uh, at at that point in time. So um, see, great minds do think alike. Yes, yes, I very, I very much, uh, you know, I uh, can relate. Do, do you watch Picard? You know, I haven't really gotten into it, and I, I think part of my problem is, I just feel like they, they've tried to make too much Star Wars out of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It was never about all of these battles and fights. I mean, Darmic and Jalada Tanagra literally has very little violence in it. It's about how do you communicate mm-hmm. with an alien race when you don't have any sort of Rosetta Stone. Um, and that's what's always been interesting to me about Star Trek. Dyson spheres and, and communication troubles and everyone else thought it was boring. And I was like, this is so exciting. You don't understand how, how do you solve these problems? Mm-hmm. So no, I haven't, I haven't gotten it. Okay. That, I thought the second season is, is pretty interesting and there's Q and uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's worth, it's worth a look. And, and then my, my last other question uh, on this is uh, have you watched for all mankind? A couple episodes. Okay. Uh, but uh, again, another one that I haven't really gotten into. Yeah, uh, I, I would say it's it's slow to start, but stick with it. Uh, that I, I I think it's the the closest thing on television to uh, the, you know uh, Star Trek uh, oh. of of that of that year. It's also you know has some uh, star, uh, Ron Moore who is uh, worked on Star Trek: The Next Generation uh, also is the showrunner. So uh, I do think that it has a lot of you know uh, Star Trek in its DNA. Love it. I'll have to check it out. Man. Definitely. Okay. All right, yeah. T Bird. That uh, I have. A, I have a, no. No other uh, dorky questions, as Jason would say. Jason, thank you so much. Thank you so much again. I think you are amazing, remarkable. You're you're very humble. First off, for everything you've done this whole week, I keep telling my husband, "You're not going to believe this guy. He's like amazing. He's," but you're so humble. And you stand up for others at the young age of 28, your words, your your sensitivity, your delivery, um, when you were taken up for others, you're you're really a remarkable man. Your your wife, your son is blessed to have you in their life. Thank you so much for sharing a part of you with all of us. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. I, I think I was a little hesitant to, to do this, but I, I really had a good time and I really appreciate the work that you guys do. Um, on this program and and um, yeah, I yeah. mean, 
Thank you. Yeah, this, this has been wonderful. Thank you, Jason. That uh, you know, and we realize uh, you have so much else uh, going on in your world. But I, I just, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate. It. I know T Bird does, and I, I think that the Survivor fans who uh, listen to the podcast, I think, are really going to appreciate getting the chance to uh, hear what you've been up to since we first got to meet you on Survivor. So, uh, congratulations on uh, all the accomplishments, and uh, you know, thanks again for spending all this time with us. Thanks, guys. Have a great Sunday. I appreciate it. Take care, Jason. Bye. All right, right, T-Bird. There you have it. Jason. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Rob, uh, I'm so impressed with this. this, I say young man. He's a young man to me. He is. He's remarkable. Yeah. He's um, just like I said, humble and just done so many amazing things and I'm so blessed that we have ha- been able to get him on today. I I thought this might be a hard one to try to get at, at this time of, in his life because mm-hmm. he's done so many things and he's got the the space, the whole space travel that's just happened just a few weeks ago. So yeah. to get him right now was fantastic. And Rob, you know this, I'm going to just remind our listeners, he is our first Samoa interview. Yes. Oh my gosh! Yes. So, yeah. wow, we were coming in hot, weren't we, Rob? Coming, coming in, in hot, hot with right? our first one. All right, and that oh was a good God. one to cross off the Samoa bucket list. Yes, and you know what, Rob? I was thinking about you know with season three talking with T Bird, and I'm not. I promise you, I'm not just saying this. Yep. Our first three, our first three guests, to me, have been, and even I know for the the fa- all the fans they have. So memorable for so many ways. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a second chance ballot with Todd, Tempertina, and Jason? I mean, second chance on talking with like, T Bird? Is that what you're saying? No, We're going to let the fans no, vote chance? who gets to come back? <laughs> no, no, not talking with T Bird on Survivor. Come on, Rob. Should we put out a come ballot on, of all of the 50 people that we've talked to? Who do you want to come back hey, for second yeah. chances talking with T-Bird? Yeah. Yeah, we should do that. Absolutely. <laughs> second chance. I don't know if we... Hey, Rob, I don't know since they've spent the time with us that any of them would be, want to come back. The first time they kind of went into it blind. Hey, it would be very insulting to the listeners to not come back after they won the ballot of 50 people. <laughs> That's really right? true. That's... Yeah. Very I think you're right. No, but Jason uh, was so. I mean, he's got so much going on right now. You you definitely get the sense he does not talk about Survivor often in his uh, every. You know, maybe maybe you know, like uh, it, it's entirely possible. Like uh, you know, he has not talked about Survivor in you know years and years. Uh, so to get him to you know come on with us and talk about not only what he's doing now. But his experience on the show, uh, this was a, a really, really fun one, T-Bird. Uh, you've done it again. All right. Well, wait a minute, Rob. I've got to give credit where credit is due right this minute. Yes, yes. Derek, Derek, with, on your team, yes. one of our team members. Derek with from RG, Rob has a podcast, Derek, yes. Derek is the one that made this come together. He knew that we were looking for mm-hmm. Jason, and I had sent out, I had actually sent out several messages to some people hoping to get Jason. Derek, this was so crazy. Derek was doing some kind of a catering function or something that Jason was doing after coming off of his space mission. Mm-hmm. 
And then he met him there. Yeah. He met him there and he happened to mention it. So he made I the connection. He he did, and he actually made a very strong first impression because I'm sure as busy as Jason is, if Derek hadn't have been a very likable, persuasive guy, Jason would have been like, uh uh. I don't mm-hmm. think so. But he didn't. So Derek, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you so much, Derek. Okay, T what's next for you? Whew, it takes a village. Okay, um well <laughs> all right, we've got well, July 4th is coming up, so I always run Peach Tree, the t- the largest 10K in the world. So oh, yes, I'll be doing yes, that. I know, every year. Yep, every year, God willing. So mm-hmm. that's what's coming up for me for that. What will you be doing for July 4th? Oh, uh, what are we going to be doing? Uh, I think that we're probably just going to like, uh, there's some fireworks, uh, in my town, uh, that we're probably going to go check out. They didn't do, uh, them or they just did them and, uh, you could watch them on television last year, uh, because of COVID. So I think that they're going to be back. So we haven't ever gotten to go check out, uh, the fireworks here in, in our town in person yet. So. Uh, we're going to check that out uh, over the weekend. Although I think that's going to be on Sunday and not on the actual 4th of July. Oh, the boys will love that. Pack a little T-Bird, uh, you, know, honestly, be- you would think, you would think my, my kids are like, uh, Oh, it's very loud. Can we get headphones? Like, it's like, uh, come on, <laughs> come on. Could you imagine if I asked my parents like, uh, like, Hey, can I get, can I get like earplugs at the fireworks show? Uh, you know, Okay. Well, a lot going on. A lot get them going some air, on. Get them some air. Get them some earplugs. Get them some earplugs. Mm-hmm. And I think you know ear safety. Oh, ear safety is very they, important. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> don't, don't think my wife, has, you know, doesn't already have the like. If you were like uh, going to try to like lay, the people you watch like trying to uh, get the planes on the runway the right way, the, you know, the like over your ear things. <laughs> Well, ear safety is really important. It actually uh, well, is. in this podcasting family, yes. If if, if my kids are going to go into the family business like Jason did, yeah, got to keep their ears <laughs> peak operating. So, have, yeah. Have Dominic, have Dominic and Anthony expressed going into the family business? Well, T Bird, um, Anthony was asked in his kindergarten class, uh, "What is he going to do when he grows up?" And he says he is going to be a podcaster. So watch out. <gasps> what? Anthony. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, you know how you know how Jason took over his dad's company mm-hmm. and it yes. blossomed and Although it just went. You his know, brother you, is a lot more chatty. I will also also say. <laughs> well, I was going to say, do you think Anthony's going to take it up a notch and just really make the the business explode? Or oh, maybe maybe explode. Yeah, that might be what happens. So we got a long <laughs> time for like that. Fireworks. Whatever they want to do. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure from me. All right, T Bird. Where can people keep up with you? at t-bird cooper yeah all right at t-bird cooper well t-bird yes. you've done it again we've been on fire this month what a what a month here in june of course uh yeah if you missed our interviews with taj or timbertina check those out as well at robinswebsite.com thank you so much for listening take care everybody have a good one bye
Today's podcast is brought to you by Hyundai and the 2022 Tucson and Santa Fe plug-in hybrid EVs. Learn more about the wide range of electrified vehicles at HyundaiUSA.com.